0: On Young SAO, welcome to of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare wrecks for good measure, because why not ride the You wave all the way to shore? So grab some duck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Well, I guess I, I think maybe like. So we had a someone on Instagram, I think, reach out to us and bring up a topic for us to talk about. And basically she said, I'd really love to know more about your tastes as hosts. So kind of like what because obviously the three of us have different tastes about what we like to watch and so we thought we'd do a podcast that's just a little bit more specific about what we like. And mainly so that you guys who are listening at home can see who you align with. Because maybe you'll like what I like. I'm Megan. and But they won't. They'll like what I like, and I'm Leah.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> or they'll like what I like, <laughs> and I'm Amy. We will... We will fight <laughs> over all of you. All right. So it's been more than a year already, 14 months to be exact, since your anise popped into your listening holes. And wow, well, <laughs> that sounds vile. <laughs> listening holes. I'm trying to be creative with my language
1: here. I, I would like to say that we slid into their listening holes, not popped.
2: Pop in, slide in, whatever. You know. Thrust in. You know, however you, however you like to enter <laughs> is up to you. Okay, and while we hope you're getting to know us bit by bit as you listen to new episodes, we thought it might be fun to give you all a bit of a reintroduction to share not only what draws us to the dramas we watch, but also what makes us, well, us. From our current obsessions to our zodiac signs to our go-to movie snacks, this episode is going to be a little self-indulgent, but also- A lot. What? I said A a lot. A lot. A lot. And a whole lot of fun, like as much fun as a romantic date that ends with you winning an adorable stuffy from a claw machine and getting a piggyback ride home from your crush. As much fun as fried chicken and beer with a boomer alien. As much fun as being as being so awesomely you that the only cure for your true love's amnesia is your kiss. That's right, folks. So much freaking fun. <laughs> wow, really? We're that <laughs> we fun? Are. I didn't even know. <laughs> no, we, we aren't, but this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the more you get to know us, the more you'll see whose tastes align with yours, right? Like Megan was just saying, and which one of us might be your ideal buddy watch bestie, like me. So, without further ado, how about we just dive into the pod we're calling Host Tastes. So, you already know our top dramas, but we're going to just make sure you haven't forgotten. So, just shout them on out. And there's new
1: folks. There's new yeah, folks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Listening. That's what I'm
2: saying. Like, if this is your first episode with us, then you're going to get to know us Kind of, you know, on the fly, which is fun. So why don't you guys go first?
0: So my favorites are Crash Landing on You, Healer, and I Am Not a Robot. Give me a Sundaray hero all day, every day. And I am going hard on
1: Mr. Sunshine still. (laughs) So Epic Saga sad sweaty samurai will never not be like good for me and then reply 1988 is uh my other top drama because i love you know i love a great slice of life ensemble drama
2: and for me i've got goblin crash landing on you and flower of evil is my top three and i guess basically that says i like really sad love (laughs) (laughs) all right
1: how about a reminder of biases actor biases or actress biases yes
2: okay so gong yu lee Min Ho, lee jun gi and based on what you guys are gonna say i'm guessing i'm gonna add kim tae ri after i finish mr sunshine
0: yeah i am on bo hyun ji chang wook park seo jun and definitely kim tae ri yeah i mean kim tae ri all the way
1: for me as well, and then uh, um, Kong Ha Newell no surprise there. I stand by mm-hmm. 1990 <laughs> born Boo all the way, and then um, byung Yohan and Yu suk which um, pull it in tight with Mister Sunshine that checks out. I just and I've also liked the uh, you know Baeon Yohan and Mi Sang and Yu suk in Hospital playlist, and I just love them.
2: And uh, have any of us ever been on Top Chef? No, I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> I have been passed out, drunk, and covered in mayonnaise <laughs> on
1: Top Chef. <laughs> I love that. That
0: is such delightful oh, Well, for you, my absolute really one is. of my absolute it favorite really things that we did on this podcast was your story, which is just for anyone tuning in. Uh, it was wait, which podcast was that? It was it was the oh, Singles, Singles Inferno. Inferno. We were
2: talking reality. Yeah, TV. so look that up. <laughs> It's it's good fun, you guys. Yeah. All right. So let's start with a short but sweet intro for anyone who might be turning in for the first time. Like real intro. Um, who are you? So I'm
0: Megan. I'm the Machney of the pod. I live on the East Coast with my two kids and Namdo San. I mean, I mean, I mean my husband Neil, but he's basically Namdo San. Uh, I'm a former journalist, uh, a former insurance agent, and now I am a full time writer of alien smut. I love cats, (laughs) Alice in Wonderland, and K-pop.
1: And I am the middle child of the pod, Leah. And I feel like that really fits my personality. I might have been a great middle child. Yeah, it does. um, In real life. So I like pain and emotional (laughs) edging. (laughs) I enjoy a good love triangle, drawn out staring, yearning, inject all of that into my veins. I live on the California coast. I work in higher ed. I co-own a book, uh, I co-own a book production company. And right when I get a second, I don't really want pets. And I live with lots of pets. And this weekend, someone (laughs) told me that my house was like the Weasleys from Harry Potter. And I don't think that they are wrong.
2: (laughs) I love that so much. And it makes me want to come visit you. (laughs) All right, well, I'm Amy, and I guess that makes me the Nuna of the group. Though I do think I make up for it with a severe lack of emotional maturity, so there you go. <laughs> I live in the Chicago burbs with my two kiddos, three cats, and sometimes I think the country's entire population of stink bugs. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I'm a former high school English teacher, former high school librarian, current elementary school librarian, and romance and women's fiction writer. I love anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Broadway musicals, and brewery trivia. You're excellent. Excellent at pop culture trivia, for sure. I mean a savant i'd want you on my
1: team <laughs> for sure
2: and like i mean seriously it is it is savant like level which i don't i don't know if that's something to be proud of just or not. ask like,
1: amy random pop culture questions and like ticker tape just shoots out
2: of her with it's an
0: amazing i actually <laughs> really love it
2: now i'm afraid i'm gonna get quiz but anyway <laughs> okay so uh this was this was something uh did you recommend this megan i think you no did. someone for us to yeah Oh, it was on patreon mm-hmm. awesome okay for us to share our M- MBTI types our Myers-brigg type um, so I am an enFj and when I found out that you two both had the same type first of all I was not surprised <laughs> um, but I wanted because because there is like a you know a bit of a sharp contrast between uh, myself and the two of you sometimes I had to like Google like what's the difference between enfj and enFP which is what you two are so um, this is what I found. Uh, According to personalitytests.org, the key difference between ENFJs and ENFPs, so ENFJ, Amy, ENFP, Megan and Leah, is in how they do what they do. ENFPs inspire others with their communication abilities and their passion. ENFJs do the same thing, but also translate their excitement into meaningful organization <laughs> and systems. So ENFPs are more feeling-oriented, while ENFJs are more action-oriented. And if that is not, like, the most accurate-accurateness I have ever heard, I don't know what we it is. We have
1: a spreadsheet for our podcast because of Amy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And it's a useful. But it works well, doesn't it does. it? Yeah. I don't even know
1: what we would do if we didn't have it.
0: And it's funny because yeah. I always get, I always get like creative feelings. You know what I mean? And I would say, like, every time I go to a writing conference, one thing I have to force myself to do is to sit down and write action items. Like, I mean specific things because I'm always like, yeah. I feel like I'm going to do this, and ooh, I feel inspired, but it's like I don't actually like put it into action, so I have to sit down and make a list of like action
2: items. So And that, that's what I feel like. I feel like we all talk and be like, Get so excited, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, yeah. and I'm like, okay, but like, we're actually going to do yeah. it, right? And like, what time? <laughs> like, and here's how yeah. we're going to, right, what time, what's the assignment? Who's,
0: and it, and it, like, who's doing what? Let's delegate. Um, so yeah, like Amy said, I'm ENFP, and so is Leah. So here is a brief description. ENFPs are typically agile and expressive communicators using their wit, humor, and mastery of language to create engaging stories. Imaginative and original ENFPs often have a strong artistic side. They are drawn to art because of its ability to express inventive ideas and create a deeper understanding of human experience. So first, I'll say, like, this makes me, this makes, I think, us sound way cooler. Well, is cool, but this makes me sound way cooler than I am. But it also makes sense. Like, I love to tell stories, both verbally and in prose. And I do consider my social engagement skills one of my top strengths. And I do kind of work best in person. And that's why, you know, someday I want to go on, like, an afternoon a tour and meet all the listeners. That's, like, that's my, like, <laughs> feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but I
2: have no action behind it. I'll be the one who makes it yeah. happen everybody. So don't you worry.
1: And honestly all I can add to that is if you slide into our DMs on a day where I'm <laughs> yeah. hot, you're going to know I'm an ENFP. <laughs> where
2: I'm hot. Oh my gosh. And that's what that's why I'm not the one in the DMs. Sometimes like, I you. sign
0: into the DMs and I've seen that Leah has sent like like, I'm talking, like, gift after gift to people, links. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, paragraphs. It's just so and sometimes, funny. And
1: if anyone feels bad because I haven't, I mean, I do have to work and do other things. So sometimes right. I just, like, can't. But right. I would if I could.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, some days, yeah, I, I that's very true. And and some days she's just busy or or you get me and I'm not quite as... <laughs> effusive it seems like but uh, I don't, and then you don't you get do. me at all because so, <laughs> the people who caught me after mr sunshine got a shit ton like they got me like verbal diarrhea-ing all over them <laughs> so again thank you to those of you who were there for me
2: <laughs> oh goodness yeah. okay so on to the good stuff some super something super important from our formative years name one poster or more that you had on your wall in your childhood bedroom like i'm really like
0: i saw this question and i was like this is embarrassing because i had a post like <laughs> i think i went to like what was it f you went way young i'm hoping i'm hoping this no, wasn't like 14 year old is this yes it oh was. good lord. Yes, it was. I never <laughs> changed. <laughs> so I had a poster of like a tiger, like I'm talking like a realistic poster of a tiger, a like a leopard, and then I, I had want you to have like a velvet painting of a leopard. I probably something. did. <laughs> and then I had a cat's musical poster. Like I was
2: the biggest because we know that Megan came of age to rum t- I did. Tether, I came so. of age to.
0: I am like the biggest dork. I might have had a horse poster too. Like. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's so embarrassing. You guys had, like, cool stuff like pop culture, and I just had a fucking tiger. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I had this. I had
1: it for my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Megan had the tiger. I, I mean, I don't know if I would not say I was cool, but at 10 years of age, I had a new Kids on the Block door-sized poster. And I would nightly practice tongue-kissing Jordan Knight. <laughs> and eventually wore a <laughs> hole through the paper. Oh,
2: my God, Leah. So Leah's like, Leah has ingested Jordan Knight poster ink. <laughs> That's what's wrong with her. her. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like Leah, I love that we are so different in so many ways, especially in the pop culture things we like, but we were both Team Jordan, which <laughs> I think is awesome. And while I did have new kids' posters, too – I also had a Young Guns movie poster that was, like, uh, the Billy the Kid, like, Wild West movie with, um, with Emilio Estevez as Billy oh. the Kid. Love that. Um, I had a Johnny Castle Dirty Dancing movie poster. A ton of ripped-out, Tiger Beat and Teen Beat pics of, like, Corey Hay, Michael J. Fox, and Christian Slater.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, you said Young Guns, and it just took me back. Right? Yeah. I had an entire sexual awakening over Emilio Estevez showing his butt. For like two seconds in young guns like you're saying i can still picture it he was like pulling up his jeans they showed his butt i replayed that scene so many times and i'm i'm still a butt girl so this makes me happy because i had
1: your butt girl i had my first kiss to young guns <gasps> it was it was oh, I love at that. this point it wasn't like new you know like it'd been around a bit but you know, it was VHS, oh. popping it in. Um, and it was a horror, unfortunately, a horrific kiss. I had so much spit pooling in my ears. Ew. I was just like drilled into the couch and just like saliva was like oh. pouring upon me. However, I can't, I can't what believe got Emilio me-
0: Estevez had the to- <laughs>
1: I remember taking one <laughs> eye during the experience once I realized it wasn't going to be living up to my dreams and watching Emilio with one eye as uh, I was, like, enduring. So it helped.
2: Okay, okay it so it, it helped you help. escape. It helped well, you escape. You know, the know that,
0: like, the bon- – uh, just heads up, I love Bon Jovi. I've seen them. Blaze of yeah, Glory, yeah. Blaze of yeah. Glory was the Bon Jovi song that went with this movie. To this day, I hear that song, and I think about Emilio Estevez's butt. <laughs> oh,
2: why wouldn't I you? Just, I mean, 100%. I just,
0: Oh, you said Young Guns, and it took me back.
2: I love that we all lo- look at this. We're all coming together. See, we could be so different in so many ways, but we're all we all love Young Guns. Young Guns brings us oh. together. All-
0: oh shit, I loved Young Guns.
2: You oh, just took, this, me see, know, you took me back. I'm getting nostalgic. I know. Seriously. Okay. Well, speaking of taking us back, what book were you obsessed with as a kid, and how does it track with what you like to read now?
0: Uh, so I will say right off the bat, I'm a late bloomer to romance and I'm really sad about that. I definitely as a kid like gave into like the stigma of romance uh, and I wish I didn't because um, once I started reading romance then I was like hooked. I think I made up for it. But anyway, when I was a kid, um, let's see. I, first of all, I read through like all my mom's old Nancy Drew hardcovers. Oh my God. Obsessed. Uh, I love the mystery. I also read a lot of Stephen King and I also read this like horse series is anyone surprised? Called Misty of Chincoteague. I was obsessed. I wanted a freaking pony from Chincoteague. I mean, my parents oh, didn't take those. me to the pony, ru- pony running, like, on purpose. Because I would have tried to, like, take a pony home. Um, and then I would say my favorite, though, series of all time when I was a kid, which Leah and I talked about this before on a different pod, is um, the Red Wall series by Brian Jocks. So it's like the Game of Thrones but with talking rodents, but no, like, incest or eye-poking. Like, it's completely kid-appropriate. And it kind of tracks, because there were, like, romances in it, too. Like, I really do kind of, like, grand series with, like, action and bromance. And, yeah, it tracks.
1: So as I was answering this, I'm like, this is where I feel like, if you wanted to start to figure out if we have alignment in taste, this is where we're going to start to really make some progress. (laughs) So... I feel like around the age of 12 is when I started to really get into the smutty AF historical romances. I would um, bring them to my seventh grade study hall. And it was all just like quivering loins and smashing of turgid members. And these were like the problematic heydays (laughs) of like the rape to love you Scottish Lairds. And I do remember a, a line that is imprinted in my brain from one of these books. And it was like, I believe the girl was like 13 like she was like my age when she was like abducted by the laird and she eventually like gets knocked up by him and i remember her saying something to the effect of letting him know the fat like letting him know what was up and saying my body doth joyfully carry your seed <laughs> oh my god i can't
0: believe you remember that i do
1: i remember it. it's like in my brain i can't remember like my grocery list but i can remember that but look really here's where we go like That's also around the time I found Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews, which is a.k.a. straight up incest in the attic. (laughs) Yeah. And then I got into Heavenly, also by V.C. I just went V.C. Andrews all in. But Heavenly really, I feel like, hit the sweet spot for me. Again, we had incest. In this case, it was not brother-sister incest. It was uncle and estranged niece (laughs) incest. And I'm like... I'm not hashtag thanks incest, but like these books were pivotal for me when I was like 12 or 13. You're not like me. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks incest. (laughs) incest. But okay, so we had uncle and niece incest, but it was in a cottage at the center of a hedgerow maze where the uncle lived in a little quaint cottage where he
2: crafted toys made out of wood.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. See, I never read V.C. Andrews.
2: I did read this one too. I like I, I had a, I had a bit of a V.C. Andrews deep dive too, like when I was in in high school. Like what um, was I doing? I don't know about I, horses.
0: Well, no, I will say I will say I I, sh- I do need to bring up Thornbirds because let me let me just I forgot to mention that. <sighs> Thornbirds was a whole thing for me. So let me first say obviously my name's Megan and my dad has always called me Meggy. Um, and so the the main character of Thorn Birds is Maggie, And I was so obsessed with that book. Like, I still remember. So that was, like, the first time I really read anything that was, like, adult, like, sex, I guess I
2: would say. And it was pre-sex. <laughs> it was pre- yeah, I was gonna say it was priest.
0: Yeah, but, well, but the first sex scene is with the husband that she's been, like, kind of, in a way, like, forced to marry, Luke. And I remember she's, like, never seen a penis before, and they, like, describe it, and I was, like, oh, my God, I think I read that passage 50 million times. Like, I was so obsessed, and um, I just love the whole, like, family saga of the Thornbirds, and, like, I probably have not really said my kids' names on on the podcast, but, so, Maggie has a son named Dane, and I name my child Dane. Like, (laughs) I have a Dane, okay? (laughs) And all of it was, like, I remember, I was from, I remember, like, growing up, I was like, that's my, that, that's my favorite name. I love it. And, like, I always wanted to, like, have a son and name him Dane. So thanks, Thornbirds. But I would say, yeah, that was a really, that was a really big book for me. I read that several times. I never watched so, the show, though.
2: I was going to say, I never read it, but I watched it. Mm, I've never watched it. I did watch it. It was, like, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was, so. that was, that was a while ago. Um. And I did, like I like I said, I did go down the V.C. Andrews rabbit hole myself as well. I don't consider that me becoming a fan of romance, though, because that's not the kind of fan of romance you should be, because, um, you know, hashtag incest. Um, but, yeah, so I did have, like, a, a bit of a detour before I got to romance as well. Like, as a kid, I was obsessed with A Wrinkle in Time. Like, I read that book so many times, and The Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, yes. And those are the books yeah. that made me a reader. It made me realize that I liked like strange things, like strange fantastical worlds. And I think that that still tracks because you know, even though I've been reading far off from what I'd say like my my favorites have been um When I have time to dive into a good fantasy series, and that's the whole thing, is like you need time because fantasy is not like a one-off thing. Like when you get into a fantasy, it's going to be a series, Um, and definitely one with a romantic arc. Um, It's my favorite thing to do. And some of my faves are Lainey Taylor's Daughter of Smoke and Bone series, Cassandra Clare's Infernal Devices series, and Lee Bardugo's Bardugo's Grishaverse series, Mm. and there's like three different series in that, that they turned into the Shadow, Shadow and Bone show on Netflix, um, and those are all, like, technically young adult, but the thing is, when you get into young adult fantasy, age is not a thing anymore, and young adult fantasy tends to be a lot more mature than, you know, like, your young adult contemporary stuff, so it doesn't feel very young to me um, when I read it. Not that I have any problem reading teen lit, because, I mean, I've t- I have taught teens for 20 years, so I love that stuff. But yeah, so a good, like, romantic fantasy is, is really where it's at for me.
0: You know, I... I just want to say, uh, I saw a tweet the other day, and it was basically, what was the first story you ever wrote? Um, it was like, a, it was like in, you know, in author Twitter. And I still have it. Like, I still, I actually have kept almost like all my stuff that I used to write when I was a kid. And it's so funny to like, think back, because the first thing I ever wrote, like fiction, like a real fiction story. Um, I called it Ash Breath. And it was about a princess... Who's like supposed to marry a prince, but instead she falls in love with a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> Ashbreath, and she calls him Ashbreath as an insult, and I thought that was so clever when I was little. <laughs> so and awesome. it's so funny because it makes me laugh because I was like, clearly, I was always made to write like shifter, stuff. well, like romance between like human and non-human. Isn't that funny? I have to dig out Ashbreath, man.
2: Ashbreath, I, c- I, I could love win it.
0: awards now. And no, I'm just. kidding.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh that's too funny but yeah. i love it like and i will also say like that what i like in reading i think tracks and what i like in dramas too because my favorite drama is still goblin and that's you know fantasy paranormal absolutely you know, like, it does track
0: yeah. with what you yeah. like and even i mean i know even with we talk talked king of- like
2: yeah, king, yeah like even king the eternal monarch like just like other worlds type stuff i really like yeah that makes sense for like absolutely for you Um, so what is something that you're obsessed with right now? Um... (laughs) I can't stop this watching. this shocked me when i read it's this so like, funny no
0: i cannot stop watching so it's this series on the insider youtube channel i think gq has a similar one too but it's called but on the insider youtube channel it's called how real is it and it's where experts in a certain field like either like say they're an expert in ancient weaponry or art theft or something like that they watch movies or shows that like depict their specialty and they talk about how accurate the movie is And I seriously cannot get enough. I can't even tell you. I've watched like almost all of them. And I'm obsessed with this castle warfare guy who is absolutely disgusted at the lack of ditch digging in all film castle battles. Like he's so angry. He's like, dig ditches. There would have been five ditches. There's no ditches. Where's the ditches? I'm obsessed with him. I want to meet him. Like... (laughs) so funny anyway that's what i'm obsessed with right now
2: and i like i would never even know how to find this you i don't I mean?
0: like you don't understand my youtube recommended is an adventure <laughs> okay i went on a whole shipwreck binge i do remember when get, you were doing that oh yeah i told you guys about that i was on a whole shipwreck binge i knew everything about shipwrecks oh my god that was a whole youtube binge i finally got off of that <laughs> So, I'm not like super YouTubey,
1: but YouTube is just like, look, just another bitch who likes BTS. Here you go. Like here you go. <laughs> it's just, like all BTS because what am I obsessed with? We all know that I am obsessed with BTS and I just got to ride through it. I don't know when the when the wave is going to hit you're not getting off yeah you know i just i haven't come up for air yet it's just still happening um send help just kidding don't leave me here with (laughs) sugar and gin once you can (laughs) it in you cannot it out
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love it. it Yeah. So my obsession is pretty recent, um, and right now it is the Broadway musical *Hades Town*. Within the span of three weeks, I saw it first on Broadway in New York City with the original cast, the original Broadway cast, and then literally exactly three weeks later, I saw the Chicago tour here in Chicago. It is a gorgeously tragic story based on the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, um, and also Hades and Persephone, and the music and staging and choreography and oh, everything. It literally just hits me, like, right in the deepest part of my soul. And I want to see it again and again, even though I ugly cry each time. And the only thing that I can maybe, like, compare to, like, that maybe Leah will understand, like, how this musical makes me feel is when I told you that you had to read Jellicoe Road. Mm -hmm. And, I like, I can't explain to you what this book is, but once you read it, you'll know and you'll feel it. And, like, that's kind of what it is. Like, because there's tons of musicals out there, and I love Broadway musicals in general, and it'll probably come up again some time in this podcast, but like, I I don't know, I was so emotionally moved and still am and can't stop listening to it, and it's just, yeah, that's my YouTube right now. All my YouTube recommends is all like Broadway World stuff and Hades Town Musical, and that's where I am right now. That sounds awesome, Aww. and I'm really sad because I just looked up the tour and it's like nowhere around me. Ugh. Oh, like, Sydney and I were like, is it going to Milwaukee? Can we travel to Milwaukee next? Like, we <laughs> want to follow it. Like, they're the fucking Grateful Dead. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's get to know, um, again, what makes us tick a little bit. And I I loved all this because I think there's a lot that tracks here as well. What's your Zodiac sign and how accurate is
0: it? Yeah, I feel like I've mentioned this a lot of times on the pod just because I do think my Zodiac is very accurate. Um, Yeah, I'm Pisces. (laughs) So a brief description. uh, Pisces personalities are known for being one of the most empathetic of the Zodiac signs, and they'll do whatever they can to make sure – The people around them are happy they're also artistic and use their vivid imaginations to think up ideas many others wouldn't these kind souls can also be moody absolutely that's me uh the though when things aren't going their way uh uh-huh and their generous nature makes them easily taken advantage of by less selfless types i would say i'm very gullible pisces can even become emotionally closed off if they've been hurt too often in general though pisces are compassionate thoughtful and well attuned to their emotions and the emotions of those around them, I would say, yeah. I I have a friend, Natalie, and I remember some, one time she described herself. Uh, she was just having really you well, have a okay. We you all a friend, Natalie. I'm just sorry, you do we all have a friend, Natalie. <laughs> and I still remember she described herself. She was like, I just feel very porous right now. Like I feel like if anyone is having an emotion around me, I feel it. And I was like, I feel like that every day. Like <laughs> I I have almost. I have almost learned how to, like, pretend I don't feel it because it's exhausting. It's exhausting to, like, kind of react to, like, everyone's emotions around you. You know what I'm saying?
2: So, yeah. Yeah, I do. It's funny because Cancer is very similar. Yeah. And yeah, I'll i get there. So,
0: yeah. I'm Pisces. It's it's so me.
1: So, I'm a Virgo, but I'm not, like, a clean freak, Excel spreadsheet loving Virgo. <laughs> But but yeah, there's like things with Virgo that I feel like checks out for me. So I feel like Virgos can be really judgmental, uh, but there's a caveat. We are judgmental, but, and this I promise you, we're judging ourselves much harder than you or anyone else. Like I personally mm. don't care if someone else is um, successful or accomplished, <laughs> but I must be all those things. <laughs> but in others, I really just like don't notice, or if I do notice, I just don't care like I mean I'm happy for people in their journeys but my high standards are for myself I'm detail oriented except my attention to detail applies mostly to interesting details (laughs) like I will not notice that like there was barley water
2: like brown water in Reply 1988 (laughs) (laughs) cracks me up like that like we're like I could not stop like looking at it and wondering what the heck it was
1: But, like, we, God, during, like, the time of, like, the Zoom calls and stuff like that, like, all the time, like, I mean, I could never not just be paying lots of attention to facial expressions, personality quirks, and, look, I mean, like, BTS measurements committed to memory. I'm good at all that, but I'm, like, not going to plan your baby (laughs) show. Uh, (laughs) and, And then... I also feel like we have a high tolerance for, like, toxic dynamics because – and I read this somewhere, and it really, like, hit me hard, but no one is as mean to us as we are to ourselves. (laughs) And no matter what is done to us in relationships, like, romantic, friendship, whatever, like, family, we always think it's our fault and work tirelessly to fix it, yet work becomes our aphrodisiac. And checks Mm -hmm. out, checks out.
2: (laughs) I mean, it is interesting because I – I don't often think of myself in terms of my Zodiac sign, but when I, I like, I Googled a little bit, because I, I know about, you know, being a Cancer, but I wanted to find some concrete details, so I did Google a little bit and found a combination of descriptions from, like, Allure.com and TimesOfIndia.com um, that I thought were interesting. Times and of India yes, that's a- <laughs> yes, I know, right? But that was, like, one of the first things that popped up, like, talking about Zodiac signs, and I was reading it, and I was like, oh, this kind of really fits so cancer is a cardinal water sign represented by the crab this oceanic crustacean seamlessly weaves between the sea and shore representing cancer's ability to exist in both emotional and material realms And mm, i thought that was really yeah. interesting um because cancers are highly intuitive and their psychic abilities manifest in tangible spaces wow. spaces for instance cancers can effortl- effortlessly pick up on the energies in a room so kind of like what you were saying mm-hmm. megan about being like feeling like an empath, um, I definitely agree here. Like, I definitely feel other people's energy and kind of mirror that. Like, the second one of my kids gets in the car when I pick them up after school, just for an example, and this usually happens with my daughter, I can tell immediately if something's wrong, and I won't be able to focus on anything else until I find out what it is. And it'll be, like, the first thing, be like, what's the matter? Do you not feel well? Like, what's going on? Are you fighting with somebody? Like, I just, like, I know, and it's really – it's really weird. Um, uh, cancers are highly sensitive to their environments um, as well as extremely self protective. Hmm, sounds a little bit, a lot of bit like me. Um, much like their celestial spirit animal, cancers are shielded by hard external shells. At first, these crabs may be perceived as cold or distant. With time, though, cancers reveal their gentle nature, genuine compassion, and mystical capabilities. Just don't be surprised if it takes a while to get to know them. Um, 100% true. Often to a detriment. Like, I am all about the emotional shield. Um, maybe this is why I'm so obsessed with Captain America? Shield? No? Nah, it's Chris Ev- Chris Evans <laughs> is why I'm obsessed with Captain America. I thought I could make a connection there, but no. <laughs> Um, Cancers, are, this is this is what this is this cracked me up so hard when we were talking about like sliding into the DMs and who you're gonna get when you slide into the afternoon of DMs. Cancers are not fond of small banter and <laughs> might, <laughs> and might be tough to reach initially, but once you get to understand them, they'll be a lifelong friend. This is why I'm not the one you get when you slide into our DMs or the one who gets my Uber driver's life story. Like I promise, people, I love you all, but I am the worst at small talk oh that's so funny that's right so funny. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah um so look I don't like small talk either but I feel like I'm just very curious
2: <laughs> but like yeah <laughs> so it's not like for you it's not small talk like you genuinely want to know these things whereas I do not like I just you like I don't yes, you know what yes, I mean that's the difference like, I don't like when I get into an uber I don't even want to know the person's name like, I don't oh, care. See,
0: I want their, I do actually, I yeah, want to yeah. know who
2: their family is. I want to know, uh, yeah, I want to know the whole thing. I want to just, I want to just, I, because you want to know why. You want to know why it is. Because if I ask you about you, you get to ask me about me, and I don't want to tell you. Like, I don't know you, I don't want to no. tell you. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, I think, where it lies. I just want to just,
1: look, I got to just say this once. So, my Uber rating was really important <laughs> to me before COVID. <laughs> And I really wanted to keep a five star average, which I did, until I went to DC with these fools.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> is not my fault, though. It's
1: not my fault. Your Uber uh, went this out. Was, this was Megan, so we're in the car driving along, and Megan just tells this story about how her daughter can't stop pacing no, in the cat pooped. bowls, she house. pooped in her cat's bowl. Oh my god! <laughs> we- <laughs> and at the end of that ride. I, like, went to pay the tip, like, sitting in the restaurant, and I'm like, I don't have a five-star rating anymore. Like, that guy just, like, probably one-starred us, because Maggie wouldn't stop telling (laughs) stories about her demon (laughs) child.
2: Oh, my
0: God. Who she she went, who she
2: went, who she took to go to the ATS cut, right? Like, you... Well, she's grown. No, but she, yeah, she
0: used to, she used to just pop a squat in our cat's water. (laughs) And we were like, I don't know why. We are like, Hazel, you can't you can't you can't poop in the cat's <laughs> <laughs> that is not i remember toilet. telling i remember i can picture sitting i in the remember uber this vividly telling like, the story vividly. and everyone is like crying like <laughs> and the uber driver was like "What? The hell, i remember i do oh but i'm is sorry this also
2: at Le- Le- leah no i'm not gonna ask this on the air <laughs> 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 i'm, not gonna- no, I'm no. sorry i'm sorry
0: well, I am no, sorry no, no. to this Uber okay, driver.
2: We don't need to leave this. We don't need to do this in the pot. But this is, is this the same trip with the peppermint in the toilet? <laughs> yes. And I think it is funny to tell. <laughs> I don't think
1: I remember this. Because <laughs> it wasn't, it didn't happen to you. This happened in our, this happened. Yeah. You didn't room with us at this conference. Oh, okay. So at this conference, look, we had four people sharing a bathroom. And I think, look. It's a courtesy to keep things fresh, no matter what's going to happen. So what did I do? I brought essential oil with me so that nobody could, like, stink up a bathroom or be unpleasant or be, you know, whatever. And so I would, like, liberally just, like, put it in, like... Sprinkle (laughs) it. Sprinkle it. I'd put it in the sink. I'd put it in the toilet just to, like, keep it smelling nice. Well, my... (laughs) One of our friends who was rooming with us I guess Went to the bathroom Used the toilet And f- I flush oil, f- f- she was still on f- it Yeah, flush oil, she was still on it And some of the water like sprayed up But it had the peppermint <laughs> essential oil in it And she got like A burned anus <laughs> <laughs> And she came out like What? Who'd- what happened to that t- Toilet. and i was like well that's just my essential oil oh, my- she's like oh my god my essential
2: oil you're so
0: weird oh, <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i never heard that story that is so funny <sighs> and that's oh, another shit. one that
2: i think we were talking about like in an uber too yeah so yeah. lots so, of things could have so affected your pooping in the
0: cat water
2: <laughs> peppermint butt oh my gosh <laughs> That's Eddie okay. Hoodles. Yes, oh, wanting to get to know your Uber. Like, the one thing that I really didn't agree with, getting back to the cancer thing, the one thing mm. that I didn't really agree with that I read is that cancers, because they are, even though, like, emotionally guarded, also, like, very emotional, um, and that part of that can make you sort of manipulative, um, and I don't, I don't receive that as an analysis of myself, because I do not think that I am an emotional manipulator. No, I don't think you are either.
0: No, I don't either. Okay, so actor or story? What attracts you to a film or a show? Is there a certain actor that you'll pretty much watch anything they're in?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> I watched uh, Kong Ha Newell in a pirate fever dream. So I feel as if I have like pledged my loyalty and eternal troth. <laughs> um, but I do think that overall, it's story. Um, so if someone pitches me like, look, this is an emotionally angsty journey with a love triangle, you don't know who the heroine's gonna choose, or like this is a boy love that's gonna just like come for your soul and take you to the bad place, which is also the good place. The bad place. That's what I'm buying.
2: Yeah, I I, like I, I laughed when I read that the Conconnule pirate fever dream. But like I agree. Because I went down this road too. Like, for me, it's definitely story. Like, I learned my lesson the hard way when I said I'd follow Lee Min Ho to the ends of the earth to be his king of Korea with a C. And I followed him to personal taste, and I was so, so wrong to do so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like, yes, like the actor or actress who's in the movie will, you know, movie or drama or whatever it is, that definitely will be a draw for me. But it has to be a story worthy of me going there, because it's, yeah, the person in the role isn't enough. Yeah, I mean, there are certain actors I
0: like, but I don't always trust their, like, choices on roles. So, like, as much as I love Tom Hardy, he likes to choose, like, some weird shit to act in. (laughs) And, like, good for him. Like, I want him to keep choosing those roles. Like, keep doing, yeah, like, keep doing you, Tom. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think I want to watch. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, I won't watch everything he's in, but, like, he does test me. But then there are actors that I'm pretty faithful to because they always seem to gravitate toward roles that I like. Like, for instance, like, my husband will watch... Anything Leonardo DiCaprio is in. And I don't necessarily think it's that he loves Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he just always likes the roles Leonardo picks. Does that make sense? Like, he just... <laughs> <laughs> he wants to watch Revenant? <laughs> That's actually the only one I think he hasn't seen, but he likes them all. So right now for me, like, on Bo Hyun, he's, like, killing it for me with his projects. Like, Yumi Cells was actually the mm-hmm. only one that I wasn't super into, but I still watched it for him. Um, But other than that, he just really lately has been gravitating towards roles that I'm just all over. I think he's, I think he's doing awesome. (laughs) Thumbs up, ABH. (laughs)
1: Good job. Good job, buddy. So, okay, when we're not working, binging dramas or scrambling towards a deadline,
0: What are we doing? So if I'm not doing any of those things, then I'm probably, like, spending time with my kids, my husband, and, like, my extended family. Like, I do live uh, in the same town as, like, my family, and we we live only an hour from my husband's family. So uh, when weather permits, we like to hike, uh, we like to go on bike rides, um, and we are often busy with my son's soccer games. So my husband coaches his team, and for the record, like, I'm a big soccer or you know, European football <laughs> fan. Uh, we are Tottenham Hotspur fans in this house, and my husband and I actually toured their stadium when we visited London in 2019, which was really one of my my favorite memories of that trip. The stadium, their new stadium in Tottenham, is so freaking cool, and it's extra fun now as a K drama fan to root for Tottenham because their forward is Sun Hyun Min, and he's like a bona fide like South Korean star. Like he is awesome. And I see some K-pop stars mention him a lot, and I see like some K-pop uh, fans like um, Tottenham because of that. And just to bring it back to MCU, uh, Tom Holland is a Tottenham fan. But anyway, we also root for the Philadelphia Union, which is the MLS uh, team in Philadelphia and um, have attended you know. their games. And yeah, so that's
2: what we like to do. Will you please watch Ted Lasso? Please? I know, I do
0: need, I know, I know. Neil Neil. Saw it. I was like uh i know he didn't i know i was like he loved it but i was like thanks for waiting for me but he's like you don't watch anything unless it's korean so i didn't wait for you (laughs) and that's totally i mean (laughs) he doesn't talk like that at all but you know yeah i do remember like a bit ago
1: being like nick being like do you want to watch a show and i was like yeah okay sure and he's
2: like not korean
1: and i was like well fuck you
2: what (laughs) I know, right? That's like my kids whenever we get on Netflix. Whenever we get on Netflix, they're like, No, not your
1: not your profile mom. I was open, but I was just like, gosh, coming in so hard with the hate. So Unnecessary. Yeah. Thank you. Next. Um so <laughs> I like to see live music and with COVID. Who knows what's happening? I mean, I thought it was waning. Now, maybe it's not. I don't. I, can't, I don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> but I like to see live music. So you know. I saw Nick Cave from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds last weekend with Warren Ellis, so two Australian music icons. I am going to be going by myself and feel like such an empowered woman at this point to go see Epic High in Oakland in April um, because I want to see them so much and no one I know is going to be excited about it and so i don't want to not go and feel as if i have to tone down my excitement because i will be excited (laughs) so i'm gonna go alone and just like Mm -hmm. live my best fangirl life um obviously bts i'm going to see at vegas two nights back to back just awesome And then just got tickets to see Belle and Sebastian. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of sums it up, too. I mean, obviously, I'm liking Korean music a lot lately, but I also do kind of like the moody, atmospheric, you know, 90s. I was never really old enough to, like, totally get on the Gen X wagon when I was, like, a teen. So I try to relive that now. And I also like to be in nature. Redwoods or the beach. um, Farmer markets. Uh, We go to farmer's markets every weekend. Um, and then I like to travel a lot. So again, hoping that can be a reality again soon.
2: Um, obviously, I'm going to travel the country to see Hadestown wherever I can. Um, but I truly do love musical theater over spring break, which for me is um, coming up pretty soon. Uh, my daughter and I are going with um, her friend and her friend's mom, who's also like my one of my besties. Um, we're going to go see the Moulin Rouge tour in Chicago. And I finally set my daughter down last weekend and got her to watch the movie because I'm like, you can't see the Broadway show of Moulin Rouge until you know where it started, which is with you McGregor. Um, and uh, we watched it. And I, I basically I love to sit in a theater and watch tragic love stories set to song and dance. I guess it's what it is. Um, also, Supernatural, <laughs> the VR workout app, not the television show.
1: Yeah. Every shout day. Out. Every day. Shout out. All right. So if you go to a movie theater, what's your go-to snack? And do you sneak in your own from the dollar store or pay the jacked up movie theater prices?
0: Um, I always get popcorn and Sour Patch Kids. And I spring for the movie theater stuff because to me, it's part of the experience. I just don't get a big drink because then I have to pee.
1: <laughs> and you know what popcorn and sour patch kids for me too Aww. megan and i also splurge Yay. so you are my Yay. soul sister here and i also do like milk duds but only in a movie theater otherwise they're gross and good and plenty because i love Ew, you Irish.
0: do oh my god gross <laughs> uh, love
2: yeah, gross. oh my god i, I hate gross. it nope it's my favorite candy oh. um and i i like movie theater popcorn like and do you, do you want butter on that? Yes. you want us to layer the butter? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yes to both of those. Um, but I do sneak in my Twizzlers because Twizzlers <laughs> taste the same whether you get them from the dollar store or, like, for, like, $11 at the movie theater. <laughs> um, and the drink thing is tough because I do, like, like, I don't drink a ton of diet soda, but I do love to get, if they have Coke Zero, I love to get a big old Coke Zero at the movie theater. But my son and I just saw <clears throat> the, the Batman. Batman.
0: I know, I hate it. I hate I that hate it's it. called
2: The Batman, but it it's The Batman. We saw The Batman, and it's three hours long, oh my God. and it's raining the whole time. So, like, if the rain doesn't make you have to pee already, and then you have a drink, so I, both of us, like, we went to the bathroom before we went to the theater. Then we went to the bathroom, when we got the theater. Then I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to nurse this, you know, this soda the whole way through. And I was very proud of myself that I made it through the entire movie and trailers, Without having to leave to go pee, but as soon as it was over, I was running to the bathroom.
0: Mm-mm. My friends in college, I was called TB, and that
2: stood for tiny bladder. Like that was a thing. I well, I do like I I <laughs> do have like bladder. this is a thing. Like I have to go, <laughs> I have to go all the time, and I can go on command. What? Oh you no! You got a party trick? I'm like pee. You're like I got. I, I, I'm like no. a camel. I, I, I can I can. You want me to squirt <laughs> some out of hand
1: right now? <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I'm learning so much about
2: you. TB and. I know.
0: so favorite meal if you're going to splurge
2: um for me it's seared tuna from cooper's hawk i don't know if you guys have that restaurant by you um with a wine flight cooper's hawk is a winery and they also have like a really good menu and they're putting one right like down the street for me i'm so excited like i was very sad because there was this other restaurant that closed during the pandemic which i was sad about but they're replacing it with a cooper's hawk and i'm all over it but like this sear- like I go to this place mm. just for their seared uh, ahi tuna. All right.
1: Well, I would get oysters by the dozen and
0: champagne. Um mignon every time. So, I'm sorry, real quick, but my dad when I was younger, my dad used to say he, as a joke, which I didn't know it was a joke, but he used to always say like don't go out with a guy unless he can afford flame mignon. And it was like it was a joke. But again, I was like little and I didn't know. So homecoming, my freshman year, um, we went out to this restaurant and I ordered Fle Mignon because like I that's what I was supposed to do, right? That's what my dad said. (laughs) And so when we had homecoming, like you like all the parent it was like a thing where like all the parents would like stand um Mm -hmm. and you would like walk, you know, in like the aisle and wave to your parents or whatever, and so my dad. <laughs> for the record, this was when I was in, I was in eighth grade, so I went with a ninth grader. Ooh. So I mean, I was pretty young. I was like what thirteen, and I was like walking with my date, and I see my dad, and he says I just yell really loud, Dad, I got the flame <laughs> yawn. Like all the people around him, like looked at him, and he said it was like so embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah to this day i still order it all the time
2: okay so what do we all listen to when not listening to <gasps> k-pop this is so
0: hard for me because i really do listen to like a little bit of everything sometimes i just want like some Eminem. sometimes it's bon jovi sometimes it's like pearl jam sometimes i go like Fool punk and like less than jake so i don't know i'm just very um different i just like to be entertained by music let's basically
2: a Town soundtrack. but what i'm not obsessing i've lately been listening to a mix of stuff i like to sing along to when i'm in the car because i like to belt out the tunes when i'm by myself um so the chicks formerly known as the dixie chicks I, they're like the only country i really listen to um i like them a lot um paramore pink bishop briggs grace potter and the nocturnals Audiobooks currently pachinko almost done with it man is it tragic as fuck and armchair expert and smartless podcasts
0: and she has to watch mr sunshine at the same time that's
2: like freaking cruel that's so cruel i like it i like it but we're gonna need to talk because i'm like i couldn't fucking lord, i know i like, needed a break after mr. horrible sunshine, things <laughs> gonna happen there's no way i
0: could go directly into pachinko after mr i'm sunshine, watching I'm mr sunshine and like, listening I could, to pachinko is like,
2: handle it I'm getting a very good picture
1: of of yes of Korean history yeah 20th century and you know look if I'm not listening to K-pop um eclectic kind of I've been listening lately to a lot of Liz Fair I told you I've been like in my 90s phase and just Liz Fair late 90s Liz Fair just slaps <laughs> and then Modest Mouse um just really going for that Nick Drake so really taking it back to you know like 70s and then Honestly, Harry Styles is having a moment for me. I've never really been, like, into Harry,
2: and all of a sudden I'm just really just loving Harry. All right, well, this seems like the perfect place to drop in our K-pop Wreck of the Week. So, Leah, what do you have for us this week?
1: So, I'm going to drop in more of, like, a K-indie, I'd say. And so, you know, blah, 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 I love BTS. And BTS Instagram, they often um, are wrecking musical artists, and a lot of times they're really good and I enjoy it. And I learn, you know, I find new people. And one of these people I found was um Pak Masani, And he has a song that um Kim Jong-Jun boosted called Lungs. But I like all of his songs. But I'm going to recommend Lungs for our K-pop Wreck of the Week. And it's just got this, it's just very atmospheric. And Amy, I think you would like it a lot. And so, I mean, it's not not, I mean, it's very much not poppy, but kind of like on like the outer ends of like indie pop, I would say, you know, like highly listenable and catchy, but definitely more atmospheric. And so, um, yeah, I really recommend checking out Masani, M-E-S-A-N-I. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank at least in part. Afternoon to Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting AfternoonAdelight.com. That's www.AfternoonAdelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoonadelight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, Glow Up Your Skin with K-Merch Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida.
2: What television shows or series, other than Perfect Strangers, of course, throwback to an earlier pod in Amy's ticker tape brain, what did you love when you were a kid and how has it affected what you enjoy now?
0: i mentioned this before, I think in the 1988 podcast, but I really grew up watching MacGyver. Like, I just loved him so, so much. Like, I can't, I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to, like, be him or be with him. Like, that was, like, another awakening, just like Emilio Estevez's butt. So for those who don't know, like, who MacGyver is or what the show was about, but uh, it was about a man who, like, solved mysteries and crimes and stuff and could get out of, like, any situation so his shtick was that he could take like a roll of toilet paper and a paperclip and like some chewing gum and like start a car or something (laughs) and he was just so capable and i think that's why capableness to this day is something that's really really sexy to me in movies and dramas like i just love a hero who's just really good at something anything and i like and and he uses that skill to like help the heroine and i really like to watch the stuff that my dad watched so like you know put in butch cassidy and the sundance kid and i was there i could recite lines from cool hand luke when i was like six you know the whole like what we have here is a failure to communicate some men you just can't reach and like no i did not have to look that up ahead of time i knew that in my head and actually i can recite the whole monologue but i'm not going to do it here because that would be annoying <laughs> So I loved like Rambo and Rocky and like all of that hyper masculine stuff. And I mean, I do have to say like, do a lot of those hold up today? Like, no, <laughs> there was like racism and misogyny galore and a lot of those things. And I think maybe that's why I still like crave that genre now, because I still want that action with the humor and the high stakes and like the romance, but I want it You know led by a charismatic hero and heroine but i kind of want it without the like toxicity of the 80s and 90s and and also i want like a better heroine who like has agency because a lot of those stuff the heroine had like no agency so yeah like of course i enjoy other things but like action with humor will always be in my wheelhouse to this day hence why like healer is just one of my top dramas. That's basically like if you could clone healer a lot of times, like that
2: is really my thing. I see that there's no mention of Jean-Claude Van Damme and all of that.
0: No, and I did watch I did watch Jean-Claude Van Dam. <laughs> I did. I watched oh man. I mean, I just watched all of that. If you you put on it, I mean Roadhouse with Pat with Patrick Swayze, like hell yes, I've seen that like three times.
2: <laughs> <sighs> I love Leah so much. <laughs>
1: I never even knew what my, I didn't actually know anything about MacGyver. So thank you, because I've never watched a MacGyver, and I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> I, okay, I'm moving moving on, moving on. We are done with MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and there's more. You could do a whole podcast called I Love MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fell asleep during the MacGyver section. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I do have one fun fact, though. Of, did you like RoboCop? Um, Yeah, I watched RoboCop. Okay, so I my mom was pretty strict. I was just telling this story, I think, like two days ago. So I guess it's on my mind. I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies when I was younger. And I was at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And I was probably like in the fifth grade. And they were like, we're going to watch RoboCop. And I was like, well, RoboCop's rated R. And they were like, basically like, well, you're a little bitch. And I was like, well, <laughs> I got to call my mom
0: I because
1: call. I'm not allowed to watch rated R movies. So I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm at this sleepover, and they're watching rated R movie, and it's RoboCop. And can I just, like, please watch it? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. And so I went and sat in the kitchen. <laughs> Are you serious? You listened to her? You
0: listened to her? i'm totally serious i did i just sat in the kitchen and read a book i never would have done that I, well i don't know man you're you were good what happened to you now <laughs> i'm just kidding i mean i was <laughs>
1: <sighs> okay but anyway i just thought what did i like to watch i like to watch the muppets i love the Muppets. <laughs>
0: I went on and on about MacGyver, and you're like, I like Muppets
1: Muppets. are so funny. So you know, I love slice of life ensemble dramas and quirky humor. So Muppets, and I mean, there's got to be some incest in Muppets somewhere. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ah! So for me. For me, it goes. It's I'm going go like back to Saturday cage. morning cartoons, which is my <laughs> yeah. first vivid memory of television okay. growing up, and I loved the '80s cartoon Dungeons and Dragons. I looked it up; it only lasted three seasons, but I, I mean, it was a motley group of kids, and they hop on a roller coaster in a theme park, and it ends up taking them to a magical realm where they all become like characters from like the Dungeons and Dragons game, like the RPG, and they have specific powers. I mean, come on, like that is so my jam, and definitely tracks with my love of fantasy today but but then toss in my love is like when i got a little bit older my love of angsty ensemble shows like my so-called life beverly hills 90210 party five and it's clear i also like my you know media with a heavy dose of emotional pain so is it any wonder again that that uh, that goblin is my ride or die drama i don't think so i had the biggest crush on scott wolf from party five yep
0: didn't everyone
2: I mean Scott Wolf and Matthew Fox oh man I I did love Party Five I did yeah I did Um, so we want to thank our patrons on Patreon um, for tossing out some questions like we put in a post asking like you know for an AMA what do you want to ask us and you asked and we are going to answer so first one pretty simple what are we writing right now so
1: I just recently started a book and this is a big experiment for me and i'm kind of going for more of a literary fic-ish romance whereas normally i'm going straight commercial fiction so we are going to see how this pans out i am trying to be optimistic and confident um but this book is it's just a lot of emotional pain and edging and i've just decided that like that's you know this is where I'm at right now with like the heart wants what it wants and so I was like let's just write the book that I've thought about for a long time that's just like that is like what's my
2: elevator pitch that's the elevator pitch I'm excited for it and I swear the book that I'm writing right now I swear I started writing this book and had it all mapped out before I watched Our Beloved Summer and then I guess like like just calls to like Because I'm writing a small town romance about a couple who broke up in their early 20s, haven't spoken for eight years, and unexpectedly run into each other again in their fictional small town and end up joining forces to solve a little mystery that stems from an anonymous art installation that pops up in the town square. A little hint, this current mystery will also help unfold the mystery of their breakup and what happened eight years ago. The big difference here is that the hero and the heroine didn't officially break up. The hero just disappeared from her life without a word, and she has no idea why. Ooh, ah, what could have happened? You'll have to read it someday when it's published, like, in 2023. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. I'm excited about that. Uh This is just very
0: funny to me because... Like, all that we're writing really, or like, it tracks what we like to watch, kind of. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. This is funny. So, um, I am writing the second book in my new series about alien outcasts. So, I love a good scarred hero with emotional wounds, even if he has horns and a tail <laughs> and scales. <laughs> yeah, no, mine don't, but. Um, and they're just, like, pierced a lot of places. And so these guys are exactly that. They have been, like, branded and, like, pushed to the outskirts of their society because their fathers were deserted. And, like, in their society, they um, punish, like, the generations. And so the hero in this one is, like, kind of a little nuts. Uh, He has a smart mouth, but he falls, like, really freaking hard for this, like, soft heroine. And he's, like, I'm really excited to write that kind of, like, all out, like, he will do anything for her. Like, complete loyalty. Um, It's called, like, the alien surrender, and that's kind of, like, what I'm going for. That he, like, like, she's the only one who can, like, bring him to his knees, you know? I mean, isn't that, like, such a fun universal fantasy trope, you know? So that's what
2: I'm writing now. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. How has K-drama watching affected your writing?
1: So I kind of feel like around... 2018-19 I was starting to get dry with tropes so I like commercial fiction a lot I like commercial romance fiction even more but I thought like as a writer I think I made some choices to chase some contract work where I got into areas of um like I was doing sports and things that you know I think I made it my own and like I did my best but it just wasn't my You know, I mean, I'm a pretty effed up person who likes weird shit. So, I mean, I kind of just felt like I was like a little bit like I'm doing this, but I don't know if it feels like me and what does it all mean? And so, yeah, I got dry and watching K-drama, I can't say how much it's been like, jumping into this creative jello pit of just, you know what, like, you haven't even penetrated what's below the waterline of the trope iceberg. And so it just to me was like, look at all these fun, fresh ways to spin trope. And, um, and I really feel like that has been an amazing lesson for writing.
2: Yes, I love it. Like, I feel so much the same. Like, I didn't realize how much I loved romances to be super tropey. Until I started watching K-drama, but even adding to that, I also realized that, like, I like more sort of genre bending in my romance. Like, I didn't realize that I needed everything and the kitchen sink all in one story until I watched Crash Landing on You. And I was like, oh, it can be a comedy and a romance and a drama and a thriller and a tragedy all in one. It's definitely making me, like, experiment with my most recent stories, especially the one I'm writing now, where it is, like, a lighthearted romance, but it's also a bit tragic, but it's also a bit of a mystery, but also, like, really quirky and comedic. So, like, I love that watching K-drama is helping me sort of expand and sort of bend the rules a little bit in my own writing. Yeah, because isn't this, like, your first that really has, like,
0: kind of, like, a true romance element to it? Like, I know you've had, like, conflicts, obviously, but. Um, but like a full on mystery, have you really written anything like that before? No, Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, like, no. that's really cool. I love that that I love that you're doing that, because actually this is also like I would lo- I. it sounds so fun. I hope I can pull it you off. Can. Like, I know what I want to do
2: in my head. Like, I, you know, I wrote the synopsis, but no. I didn't write. I know, know you can. I'm, I'm excited to
0: read it because like this Thanks. is actually like up my alley to to read. Um, but yeah, I agree with both of you. So. Like, I write alien romance, and I also, like, self-publish, so I can kind of, like, play around with stuff, and no one can tell me no. (laughs) No. Um, So I have been, like, super inspired by K-dramas. So I recently had a heroine with amnesia, and I've never really written amnesia before, or um, not in the way I wrote it this time. Like, I really had a little bit more fun with it. Um, And I also wrote a book that almost had kind of, like, a goblin-esque ending, which I'm not going to talk about because no spoilers. But yeah, I'm like really inspired by K-drama character traits and tropes and I would actually say watching K-dramas has kind of like renewed my love of writing because it makes me it just inspires me
2: 100%. So this is from uh still from somebody on our Patreon. This is something I think about all the time and I'm not a writer. What's your elevator pitch for a K-drama that you want to write and who do you want to see cast to play the characters you've created? Okay, so I'll just say my idea isn't, like, super unique,
0: and I don't care. It's more who I want to see uh, in the roles. But so this is basically it. Hard-Hearted Assassin for hire with a chip on his shoulder is assigned to a mark only to find out that she's the daughter of the man responsible for his parents deaths taking her as hostage instead defying his boss he's now forced to protect her as the bounty on her head rises on the run he tries not to fall for her Mm. all while unraveling the truth of his past and of course who do i want in the lead role on bo hyun and who do i want to see with him shin min na i like that I think they would be super hot together. And yeah, I just, I'm like, the whole Ooh, assassin I do like that. trope will... Hot. Like, falling for his mark will get me every time. I have read numerous romance books that that is like the the premise. I'll never get tired of it, ever.
2: So I thought <laughs> I had an idea here. And so I, like, I... I will always love vampires. I always say that someday I want to write a vampire story. So why not a vampire K-drama? I know that there's vampire K-dramas out there. And in my head, I was thinking, who would be an awesome vampire hero? Of course, Lee Gi. But on the, you know, the very slight off chance that maybe there already is a vampire drama out there with Lee Gi, I'm just going to check to make sure. Because there's not going to be. But oh my God, there is. So I am not <sighs> going to come up with a vampire drama with Lee Gi because there already is. A vampire drama with Lee Joongi, and it is called, uh, sorry, I just lost the page. It is called Scholar Who Walks yeah. the Night, and it's we gotta historical. Find that. And just yeah. the plot synopsis, if anybody it. doesn't know this one, a daughter from a collapsed noble family due to being branded a traitor dresses <laughs> up like a man and goes out to sell books. She meets an attractive scholar walking at night, but the scholar is actually a vampire. Come on. And it... And, and then it, they, they like kind of team up because somebody's trying to, like, you know, take over the kingdom. And yeah, I mean, please, like, like Lee would say, inject this into my veins. I'm going to watch this one. So, yeah, sorry. I don't have one for you because it's out there and I want to see Lee Joongi as a vampire. OK, so
1: no big surprise. I'm going to go for like, you know, Love and Leashes was a good first attempt. I'm going back to office BDSM romance. <laughs> um, but this time I really want, okay. So I really do want to see the female character be the sub, but be the boss at work. And I would like the hero to be the dom with a touch phobia who is a subordinate.
0: <gasps>
2: oh,
1: Leah loves. they her would be touch phobia, so yeah. cute together. So that's what I want. And I want my dom to be Kim Sun Ho because what oh my god, this would be so cute. And like pain, you know? Like I just want like that good boy energy. Yeah. Um and then for the heroine, I I think I'm gonna surprise us all, but I am going to go for Park Jin or Park Jinju. I think she would be like a fun Oh yeah. Fun boss with like, yeah, like a submissive side. Oh my gosh. Please, please somebody make her a lead. Like please. But it would be I want it to be cute, but not as cute as Love and Leashes. I want it to be not as like fucked up as secretary, but I want it to be pretty sexy.
2: Okay, so I thought it'd be fun to close things out with kind of a lightning round, Um, and here's what I came up with, because this is what I like to spend my time doing. Um, I'm going to read off the names of celebrity pairs who have the same first name. And I'm going to use pictures, too, just in case my, you know, pop culture knowledge does not align with yours. And you're like, who are you talking about, Amy? Um, And we can share these pictures on social media later because, of course, I went into um, uh, PicMonkey and, like, made, like, side-by-side collages. Yes. I spent way too much time on this, which is why we have to do it. Um, So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off the, the names and I'll post the picture. And then you two just answer immediately with your favorite of the two, and think of it as a kind of like this or that, you know, sort of slash smash or pass, like because whichever you choose is your smash. Um, and I'm only letting you see the first one right now so that you know the assignment, and then I'm just going to copy and paste from my other document. So the first one is Robert Pattinson or Robert Downey Jr.
0: Robert Downey Jr. Smash. Pattinson smash, just because I saw a still of him given it to a mermaid in his latest movie, and that I'll never forget that. So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's like the the seahorse. Okay, here we go. So here's the next one. Okay. Come on, man. Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth? Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm smashing Chris Evans.
1: Ooh. Uh, I mean, Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth uh, is hot, uh, but Chris Evans is, I think it would just be a more fun time.
2: Yeah, I agree. Chris Evans. Ooh, I'm going to have to fight you for Chris Evans. Next one. Tom Hardy or Tom Hiddleston?
1: Tom, Tom, oh, Tom Hardy, Hardy all the way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I would just let Tom Hardy, like, stick his toe in my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> same. Honestly, same. same.
2: Okay, because this is one of my girl crushes. Florence Henderson or Florence Pugh? <laughs> Oh man,
0: are you serious?
2: <laughs> <gasps> I just had to think of—I had to think of a second Florence because I really just wanted Florence. Like, yeah, Pugh. Florence Pugh. She is beautiful. Yeah, you should be. Right, I'm. I'm smashing Florence Pugh. Yep. clearly. Okay, next one. Smoking. Prince Harry or Harry Styles? Oh. Oh. Uh this is hard <laughs> right
0: fuck i'm going i'm going i'm going royal. yeah me too i'm going because when are you gonna not do a yeah i'm going prince. with the prince prince harry and All like right. like i've seen him in that
2: uniform too it's you, you chose a uniform pick too. i know i did it on purpose yeah so. i did it on purpose yeah like a like a like a pilot uniform just for anybody who's listening like, there's yeah. something
0: about harry
2: styles physically that doesn't do it for me
0: like he's i mean Go Harry, but I just... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's
1: yeah, I, I agree. He is, he does not
2: get to put his toe in my no. mouth. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Michael Keaton or Michael Fassbender? Oh, Michael Fassbender <sighs> all the way. Oh, my
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> Have you seen what he's packing? Fassbender.
1: I mean, Michael Fassbender... Yeah, could, we need to tell listeners. I know. The Lord's I word. know. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassbender is packing... So much spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> he said spaghetti. <laughs> has been like a, yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I did not coin spaghetti as a sexual term, I've but never heard I am borrowing it. That's it. funny. And he, yeah, his pants, he just opens up his pants and pasta comes out. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, yeah. y'all. I mean, I, that's... I easy. mean, look, go watch the Jane Eyre remake where he is Mr. Rochester. I mean, just fuck yeah, me. yeah. Fuck. Yeah.
2: Yep. 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 Okay. This was just for funsies. Idris Elba or Idris Elba?
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah. I mean... I, I just had to put a picture of him in there.
0: Remember when he broke the internet when he posted that picture of himself and he says, like, he said, like, my bow tie makes me hard? Do you remember that? He broke the internet. It was the greatest... Th- it was one of the greatest days of my life.
1: Yes, I do. Ugh. Gosh. He
2: just... I love him. The B, the BDE mm-hmm. that that man that, brings. Much BDE. Yes. Whew. Okay. Oh, shit. Emma Stone or Emma Watson? Uh, I'm going Ooh. with Watson. I know. That I'm smashing? I'm going with Stone. I would go with Stone, too.
1: It's She's tough, just... but... I feel like I feel kind of bad with Emma Watson, whereas I'd, like, smash Emma Stone. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Uh, I only have, I have, a, I have a couple more.
1: I don't want to smash Hermione Granger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Don Cheadle or Donald Glover? Oh, Don Glover. Yeah, Don Glover. All about it. I love them both, I do, but I, would, I think I would go Donald Glover. Ugh, so yeah. hard. Okay, so this one my daughter came up with, actually, so I had to add this one in. Paul Bettany or Paul Rudd? Oh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Sorry. Paul Bettany. Pa- I'd be Paul Rudd, but Paul Bettany that was tough. I yeah.
1: I Paul Rudd is like bestie material. Paul Bettany is like Paul Bettany could put his toe in my
2: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. <laughs> Nick Jonas or Nick Cage? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no you chose
0: you chose con air nick cage you did him dirty you did him receding hairline mullet Nick cage. i mean
1: look i would smash a jonas brothers just for free for funsies because... honestly
0: no my because my favorite my favorite jonas brother is joe mine's nick so um mine's nick. no i i'm going to nick cage <laughs> oh. I, I, I like <laughs>
2: We have to post. I can't wait to, can't wait to we post this picture. Like this is yeah. people, need see, people need to see. need to see the side by side
1: that you chose with you guys. And look, I like I like a little bit of eccentricity in the bedroom <laughs> <Yeah>. Megan. But <laughs> I feel like Nick Cage would just make like intense eye contact and like stick his <laughs> tongue out at you like in disgusting ways.
2: <laughs> like really, just look at you and be like. <laughs> so i'd still no. thank you just for indulging and i bet he doesn't even cut his toenails <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like talons <laughs> they're like all
0: long hag nailed once
2: ingrown he's got like it's like purple. i mean honestly oh. like my entire end game and the reason for playing that was just so i could do that picture <laughs> Oh, and you, and also you did him
0: dirty by putting. Of that, course, you, I put did. A picture of Nick Jonas that's like Jack Nick Jonas. No, I'm still, I'm still choosing Nick Cage. Now you Mullet, know. Receding hairline, Nick Cage, and chest hair, and wife beater. Yeah. So when we wreck
1: a drama, and you're like, God, <sighs> Leah's making all these good points, but Megan's disagreeing. Just remember that Megan would also <laughs> fuck Nick Cage with his intense eye contact and his toe talents. <laughs> 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 Stop. <laughs> hashtag toe <laughs>
2: talons so I mean who? what team do you want to be oh. on hashtag team Leah oh my god alright okay so we're gonna end on um toe <laughs> talons Nicholas Cage toe talons oh my
0: god
1: oh shit and like pineapple calluses on his feet
2: <laughs> <laughs> Like staring yeah, at you, intense, <laughs> like totally. He's climaxing, like staring
1: with at sweaty, you sweaty, with sweaty balls. With his
0: toe- <laughs> with his, t- <laughs> his toe, <laughs> his toe- <laughs> talon is just like casually scraping up your calf. <laughs> I just peed, <laughs> I can't- I can't-
1: and the ball sweat's just dripping. <laughs>
2: And he has to keep putting <laughs> the mullet
1: out. it's just like falling over his shoulder and like, you know, tickling in oh, the side of your God. neck. And it smells kind of like old food. Fr- <laughs> <laughs> it
2: smells like fried food. He just broke Yeah, out of his prison. hair smells like fried food. I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing so hard in my throat. Like, I'm
0: serious. I have like a tension headache in the whole back of my head because I'm laughing so hard. That's, that's what it's like to smash I mean, everybody. Cane, y'all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> <Anyang>! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A F T E R N O O N A D E L I G H T.